0: just go to cars.com It's magical. On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are going to be doing a little post-mortem on the Patriots this year. Uh, how they did. Little reaction, obviously, to the game on Saturday night, which was an absolute disaster. Um, and we'll kind of get into a little bit about what we think they need moving forward. We'll also take a look back at what we projected for the preseason, uh, before the season started, and how we did on those. It's just Pat and Keegan today, but it's a heck of a show, so buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. Pass. Wilson, quick throw. And it's intercepted! Intercepted! <laughs> Once again, uh, early January, not great. That was one of the worst performances I've ever seen, certainly from the Patriots and maybe from any team in any round of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, it was tough. Uh, I, I do think it helps a little bit that every game in the wildcard round, with the, the exception of one or two, was a blowout. Like t- Teams just... They looked like seven seeds and six seeds, you know that that didn't really belong. Uh, so that that helps a little bit, you know. It, it doesn't sting as bad when you're watching them get blown out by forty or thirty points, whatever it was. So
0: that's uh, very true.
1: Certainly in my lifetime, I think that's probably their most uninspired game they've ever played. They've had worse losses. They've lost to worse teams. Like the, the Bills are, I think the favorite in the AFC, but uh, the most uninspiring just. Throwing a bunch of guys out there and seeing what happens kind of game that I I remember watching.
0: Hey, spin zone, Mac Jones looked better than Kyler Murray. So he's got that going for him, I guess. That was, that game was, Jesus Christ. That's one of the worst games I've ever seen. Um, But yeah, the Patriots just defensively, I think, and I think it was obvious from Jump Street that they just did not have the horses. Uh, And Josh Allen, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Josh Allen. Josh Allen now for the second consecutive time playing the Patriots looked fantastic. Looked like the best player on the field on either team. Four uh, out of the
1: last five, he's looked unbelievable.
0: Yeah, yeah, and he both, just both games
1: last year. Yep,
0: yep, yeah, and that's and that's really the thing. Like he just he was outrageous, and he made some great plays. But the Patriots' defense, no speed, no athleticism, no answer for him whatsoever anywhere on the field. You know, Kyle Duggar's hurt. Barmore was banged up a little bit, and he's really an interior defensive lineman. Like there's really not much Christian Barmore do? can do to stop Josh Allen. I pray to God, I am. I pray to God that we find out that Matthew Judon had an injury or something because I, I don't know what the hell happened to him, but he, he was a different player after the bye, and I know he had COVID somewhere in there, like maybe it was a COVID, thing. I, I don't know, but like, it was immediately from, after
1: the bye, he had COVID, he missed right. the first, first week of practice after,
0: right, so, so he went from arguably the best player on the team, he looked like the best player on the team. To like where Donovan Mitchell is calling him out, like calling him red shirt, red sleeves, and like talking about how he's this like unbelievable player. To like, he didn't, he had like one pressure his last five games. I mean, he was was atrocious. And not only was he bad, but in the first Bills matchup, well, second Bills matchup, I guess, the first home Bills matchup, he couldn't even keep contained. He was a liability on the field more than he was, more than he helped. So, uh, another non-factor from him. So, again, I'm hoping that it, it was something you know, some sort of injury related thing or something, but man, that was it was ugly towards the end for with him. Yeah, I I struggle
1: picking him out. I mean, obviously everybody has and, and rightfully so. You can't you can't have twelve all pro weeks and then right. you know seven of the worst weeks of football that we, we've seen this <laughs> right. year, really. He he wasn't good for, for two months really down, down the stretch. So but I, I struggle picking him out because it's like Devin McCordy was bad <laughs> in the last yeah. the last game of the regular the last two games of the regular season and the playoff game. He wasn't good. Um, you know the linebackers are just old and slow and and not that they're not able to overcome the things that they were able to overcome. You know, two oh, just two years ago in 2019, where yep. they were always slower and, and less athletic than everybody else, but they were able to overcome that because they were so aggressive and so smart and they were always in the right place. Uh, that just wasn't the case this year. So um, I think defensively as a whole, disgusting <laughs> last six weeks, they, they fell off a cliff, man. They they were bad. And, and offensively, they just, they, from jump street, they, they did not have the horses to compete uh, in, in games that would require them to score, you know, two, three touchdowns in a row and, and get on a roll and be mm-hmm. able to get into a shootout with teams. They, they just didn't have it. So I think we all knew that they weren't a Super Bowl contender. That's it was, that was unrealistic, but to see that they didn't even belong in the playoffs really was, uh, disappointing. I would say after that seven week stretch we had where they looked great. And then they just, they showed that they didn't really belong this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you th- like, you know, people go back and say, well, they didn't play anyone in that seven game stretch. And I mean, you're right. They didn't play anyone. Now they played the number one seed in the AFC, but Without Derrick Henry, without A.J. Brown, without Julio Jones, that was a totally different, you know, Tennessee Titans team than than the one that you're going to see this weekend. So right. I just think, you know, yeah, they didn't play anyone, but, like, they didn't play that way against any other team. The Colts didn't make the playoffs either. Neither the Dolphins. Like, those two teams both didn't make the playoffs. They both aren't great teams. And the Patriots played, like, crap against both of those teams. got wrecked. They right. <laughs> right. They great. really did. And, and they made it close at the end. And the Hightower stuff, listen, I love Hightower, even though he still has me blocked on Twitter. I love Donta Hightower. Um, you know, he's been one of the cornerstones of, of the three Super Bowls. And you can make an argument that they don't win any of those three Super Bowls without Donta Hightower. And specifically with his, you know, with the, the plays that he's made, uh, you don't win, right? He was arguably, right. probably should have won MVP in Super Bowl 53. But either way, he's... Old and slow, he just is. I mean, you can see it. He's he's a half a step late getting places. He knows where he needs to be, obviously, because he's high tower and he's been around forever and he's a smart player. Right. But the Jonathan Taylor touchdown, he was there, but he was late. If he gets there on time, he makes the tackle, and it, you know, in the hole, and it's third and six, and the Patriots get the ball back and maybe win, you know. And instead, he's late getting there. Uh, Taylor cuts back, McCourty takes a terrible angle on it, and you know they give up a long touchdown, and so. You know that's the type of stuff where it's like you, you need that athleticism, right? And you even saw it in the in the um, in the in the Dolphins game as well. And you know that's why the RPO worked against them because they don't have any, any athletic guys. So yeah, you run the RPO. It's like okay, I I wonder if it's going to be a run or a pass. Oh crap! Now it's either a run or a pass, and I have to get back to where I was supposed to be. They don't have the athleticism to do that, and so that's the challenge for this team is to get better and faster and younger defensively. While still holding on to some of those cornerstones, you talk about McCordy and Hightower are like two of the biggest leaders in the locker room. If they both leave, now you have a huge, te- a huge void of voices that were leading you, you know, to where you wanted to go. And, and Belichick values that so much. And yes, there are guys that will take over for that a little bit, but like you can't just replace those guys and be like, oh, yeah, that'll be fine. We'll figure it out, you know, from a leadership perspective. That's, that's a dangerous game, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. McCourty, you know, I, I just kind of shot all over him a, a second ago saying that he was he was bad down the stretch, but that's not a guy that you like want to move on for. That's not a it's time you you've gotta you've gotta move right. forward. I don't think you can. You
0: I don't have anyone you, else.
1: You definitely can't you definitely can't move on from both of them, right? right? Just not just leadership but communication on the field. Those are the two guys who have done it for the past decade juan bentley the other guy who who stepped in and done it he's a free agent so that that's a huge factor that goes into it too so trying to find a way you know this is just me racking my brain right now but like veteran rest days and stuff like that maybe let's not throw hightower out there every single day at right. practice on probably two bad knees a shoulder that's been reconstructed like three or four times you know uh There are some changes that need to be be made, not just to the roster, but to the way they do things leading up to the year and throughout the year, especially with this extra 17th game. If if you're not going to be one of the the top seed, you're playing an extra – you're playing in the wild card round, which we never saw really them do in the past 20 years. So you're you're basically adding two games to the schedule if you want to go out and win a Super Bowl.
0: It's the first time Bill Belichick has ever started the playoffs on the road in his coaching career, which is pretty wild when you think about it. But it's the first time he's ever started on the road – in his post-game career, that's just, that's outrageous, uh, you know, no. for a guy to have coached for, you know, 26 years or however long it was, like, you know, for him to have never done that is pretty crazy.
1: And and trotting, you know, 21, 22-year-olds out there for 21 games is a lot to ask, never mind the guys in their mid-30s, you know? So, um there, there are definitely some changes that need to be made, and there obviously will be. We see it every year. Somebody, some leader and, and Patriot fan favorite, Always ends up leaving, right? But I, I think this year we're probably going to see a couple extra more than we did. We haven't even mentioned, you know, Matthew Slater and, and right. James White, who are free agents, yep. like McCordy. A um, lot, lot of seems moves. Like that everyone's
0: are be a made. free agent. Yeah, it seems like everyone's a free agent. And really, like that's there's a lot of decisions to be made, you know, across the football. And the other part of it is that they don't have a ton of cap space. They just don't have a ton of cap room because of the guys that they signed. You look back at that Agler, you know, signing, and you just say, like, man, that. That one really sucked. And we kind of – we harped on it at the beginning. I know you didn't like it. Uh, I know Spags didn't like it. I was kind of like, oh, well, let's see if he can play. looked like – no, he can't. And so now you got a guy in the X who's getting paid $14 million this year against the cap who really can't play. And, you know –
1: Everybody's brought up the fact that he stretches the field, which is true, that they were a better offense with him on the field. He just doesn't produce. And you don't pay a guy $11 million to stretch the field and help others – Get open you pay you pay somebody eleven million dollars you want production that's correct. The, Brandon Cooks is the kind of guy you pay eleven million dollars to, to go out there and be your number one receiver in, in this kind of offense, right? Not in right. Nelson Aguilar. So as much as people like to give him credit, which he deserves for making the team better by being on it, it doesn't it doesn't mean he's worth the contract that that he signed and that they ended up giving. I mean, twenty two million dollars for that guy is just so much money and. Right. That, like you said, that's one of the things where you have to finagle yourself around that. And and the cap, as we all know, they can they can do some things with the cap. But mm-hmm. I think the big thing is is they have to see some steps up from people that you either didn't see this year or they didn't get an opportunity. Raekwon McMillan missed the year with an ACL. Yep. Cam McGrone missed the year with an ACL. Ronnie Perkins never played. He was never able to slot himself into the lineup, whether it's a an issue where he didn't learn the defense fast enough or they, they didn't really find a role for him that they felt comfortable putting him in tons of guys that right. are going to be on the team next year.
0: Josh Ushe is a big one on that list. He's got that. Exactly. He's got tons of athleticism. That's what the defense right. needs. And he's not even on the field, right? He had, he they, played four snaps and two of them were, were the kneel downs. I mean, they, it's just they like,
1: just, they can't find a way to get him on the field and trust him, which I understand he's been bad against the run, but, when the one thing you need is athleticism and he's the second most athletic player you have on defense. Right. Figure it out. Like and that's that's, one, that's a coaching thing.
0: That's a hundred that's what I was gonna say. That's a coaching thing too, where somebody somebody in the room needs to push Bill and say, Listen, Bill, I get it. I know you want reliable players. I know you want the safe, reliable guys. That's what we want. That's what we've won with for twenty years here. I get it. The NFL's changing, man. The NFL's changing. We need those fast athletic guys. So Josh Usha might suck against the run. You might be able to run right at him. Yep, you can do that. But if Josh Allen's running, he can get after the quarterback and he can chase him down into the in the pocket. And he can yep. we can put him as a spy on Josh Allen and he can slow him down. He's not gonna beat him. He's not gonna, you know, dominate him or anything like that. But he can at least stay with him competitively. And that's what we need, right? And so like. To me, that's one of those situations where someone needs to step up and say, and that's, this is part of the problem where it's like, you know, and everyone talks about, oh, well, you know, but when these guys have all been groomed in the Patriot system, they've just worked for Belichick their whole life. So Bill says, hey, it works this way. And they feel that way too. They're like, hey, I feel this way too. The guy needs to be reliable. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, we need the athleticism. I mean, you see, you're going to have to, you're going to have to sacrifice some of that veteran leadership and, and knowledge for athleticism and hope that those guys can grow into the athleticism because against too many teams it's not enough. Yes, you can beat the Chargers with that because the Chargers are dumb and they do stupid things. And so yes, they're more athletic than you and they're, you know, they probably have more talent than you, but they're stupid. So they do stupid things. And so you can overcome that. But the Bills are a well coached team that are better than you and more athletic than you. You need athletic guys on the field. So get those old slow guys at the field. And put those fast young guys on the field and see what happens. And, and I think right. that that's, you know, I think ultimately that that's what we're going to have to do, right? So we'll see.
1: Yeah, but like I said, changes are coming, and yeah. uh, they're they're going to be sweeping changes. It's not going to be like tinkering with a thing here or there. Right. Lots of changes coming, definitely.
0: And someone said also, Patriots paid a ton of money to those two tight ends, and they played, I think, the thirty first amount of. 12 personnel in the entire league and yep. they just didn't put them on the field at the same time. And john Smith had a terrible year. I don't know if he didn't learn the offense. We talked, we've talked about this a lot about how Phil, you know, whether he didn't know what he was doing or they weren't comfortable right. with him running routes, but like you got to figure that out, man. Cause you paid a lot of money to these, to these two guys and john Smith. Not only did you pay him a lot of money, but he he's a weapon, a potential weapon in the passing game. He's got some real athleticism and some real ability after the catch. Get him the damn football, right? Put him on the field. Get him the ball and see what happens. I mean, that's what you want to try to do in this offense.
1: I mean, Phil talked about it when we had him on. He really didn't practice until the start of training camp. Right. Didn't show up to OTA or voluntary workouts. Got hurt in OTAs. You know, he really kind of started ramping it up at the first preseason game when everybody was – they were finding roles for players. Right. And that's when he was starting to learn the offense. So I definitely think that had something to do with it. Um,
0: yeah, yeah for sure. that,
1: that was one. And then, and then we saw with with Hunter Henry, he was able to kind of take off, and it was like we're used to having one tight end that we we, we throw out there, and so let's just do what we're used to, and, and they kind of got stuck that way. I, I'd say halfway through the year, that Falcons game after that, there was it was no more Johnu and Henry. It was all it was all Hunter
0: just, Henry. just all Henry. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Nine touchdowns this year. He put he had a pretty good year. He had a pretty he good did. year. So we'll talk Speaking. about that soon. I was going to say speaking of that do you want do you want to go over that right now and then I, I do want to talk listen so just so just for the listeners out there just so you guys know we are going to take a little bit of a break we're going to come back around the Super Bowl whether it's before or after the Super Bowl we're going to come back somewhere around the Super Bowl um and we're going to dive head first into draft stuff uh Keegan and Spags are already in it I'm going to get into it as well um and start really looking hard at you know at, the, at who's coming out at who's going to be available at what the Patriots should do so we'll talk a little bit about that today, um, but we'll be jumping into that in a few weeks. But um, I do want to take a look at we did make some preseason predictions as to what they would do in the regular season, just numbers wise. Uh, and so let's take a look back and kind of see where we were and and how we felt um, about some of those numbers. You got them in front of you, right, Keegan?
1: Yeah, so we started with Damien Harris rush yards. It was over under 1100. That was... A calculation of how many games he played last year and what his pace was and then i think we added 100 his pace would have been a thousand last year we added 100 Got um it. a little bit I disappointing said, I'd say. i said he over
0: had, i said he over he had, did i not
1: you did so did spags uh i said under he had 929 so he was yeah, like seven yeah you know, yeah whatever 170 away um he so also missed being,
0: how many games did he miss three games
1: Two, I believe it was two Two
0: games. Okay.
1: So, and that's a guy he's not going to play every game because he's a bell cow and he's going to get banged up, you know? So, uh, I think I factored factored that into it as well. Just, and I I remember saying, Ramondre Stevenson's the same kind of guy. So, if he does get hurt, then they're going to plug him in and kind of try to roll that way, which I was right about. Congrats to me. Uh, I have to say, I,
0: here's what I will say though I predicted before the season, but Damian Harris, I predicted 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns. And so he did not get 1,200 yards, obviously, but he ended up with 15 touchdowns. So fantasy-wise, at least, the production was pretty close to the same just because yeah. the, the the touchdown numbers were so high.
1: Yeah, so the next one was we were all looking at Josh Uche to take a step. So it was over under four and a half sacks for Uche. He only had one in 2020. He had three, which was surprising to me looking back. What? I thought it was going to be two because I remember he had a two-sack game, but he had three. All of them came within the first four weeks. He didn't have a sack for the rest of the season. Um, I said under. Spag said under. You said over. So that was that was a loss for you. Yeah. Um, Mac Jones passing yards. Me and Spags both said under thirty five hundred. He had thirty eight oh one, and you said yep. over. So yes, I did. You got that one. Um, who leads the team in touchdown receptions? Can you remember who you said was going to lead oh the team my in touchdown?
0: God, I, I probably said Jonu Smith.
1: You said Hunter Henry. <laughs> So oh, said Johnny Smith. Oh. I said Nelson Aguilar. You were right with Hunter Henry. So oh, I want that one. That's a dub. Uh, Who will catch Mac Jones's first touchdown? Do you remember who you said, and do you remember who actually caught it?
0: I know it was Nelson Aguilar. There's almost a 0% chance I said Nelson Aguilar. I'm going to say I probably said Johnnie Smith.
1: You did say Johnnie. Okay. Uh, I said James White, which is very sad because he came oh, very so close. Sad. He, yep. he was tackled at the two-yard line.
0: He was, you're right.
1: Uh, and Jacoby Myers was Spags' answer.
0: Oh, that would have been so awesome.
1: Tough, o- only had one all year. This one, this next one's sad for me. Uh, who will lead the team in, in interceptions? You guys both said J.C. Jackson. You were both correct. I said Devin McCordy, who came in fourth place with three interceptions. Man. Tough.
0: That's right. I,
1: I don't know how anybody could say anybody other than J.C. Jackson if he's on the team, but.
0: Well, I mean, listen. Good. You were you were trying to be different. That's all. That's all. You trying yep. to be different. Oh, Matt's right. Uh, Jacoby did have one from Hoyer at the end of the year. Did he? And the, 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 the his blow. first one in was the...
1: from Hoyer. All oh, right, was... right. The
0: first one was from Hoyer. The second one was in the Jacksonville game. The blowout. Yep. Yep.
1: Um, so, so that was all the the individual stuff we did. I had two correct and four wrong. Spags had the same. You had three correct and three wrong. So you won. You won. look at the this. Sense. Look at this guy. Um, Frog, and then prognosticator we all for, "Pat, that's right." That's we all said for the the preseason record prediction, eleven and six. They were ten yeah. and seven. Uh, you said missed the playoffs. Yeah, which I,
0: I thought the AFC would be significantly better than it was. Yes, uh, me
1: and <laughs> me and Spags said losing the divisional round, so we were all wrong. Yeah, uh, playoffs wise, and we were a game off. Tough yeah. to lose the the last game against Miami. That they very clearly a better team, but oh yeah. Drop that one. So either uh, of those
0: Miami games to to win one of those and it would have been eleven absolutely. and six. The
1: first one they that was a win. They they were a better team yeah. that day. Yeah, uh, they just didn't show up for the second one. So tough day overall. We uh are tough year for the record predictions. Our best our best predictor was five hundred. So not let's great.
0: go. Hey, I mean it is kind of tough though when you look at like some of the numbers there, and especially like the Harris stuff is interesting because he did miss a few games. <sighs> he left the game early. You know, I think he left two games early. So it's like you know. You just you're not 100 sure we're going to get there, and then of course you know the interceptions and the touchdowns and some of those things are just kind of like challenging. Mac for me the 3800 I thought was a no brainer because 3400 was 200 yards a game. I'm like he can average 200 yards a game, yeah. So um, and he, he didn't break it by much. He only had 3800, but still, um, you know, yeah, well, that was fun. Well, I think next year his next year we're gonna have to do something like that, and then we're gonna have to like put some sort of bet on it. Cause we didn't do anything Absolutely. this year. We yeah. didn't say anything this year. We just kind of like did it. And I then believe then, you know, and it,
1: for the record predictions we did do, or what was it? I think it was Mac Jones's first touchdown pass. It was going to be round, round of drinks in Houston, but that never ended up happening.
0: That's right. Did not happen. That's true. It's
1: tough. We forgot about it.
0: Yeah. Not great. Not great. So, but, uh, but that's okay. So we'll have to do that next year when we go to wherever we go to. For sure. Hopefully it's Spags a great schedule. Out. That's a great nice
1: Talk about that too. That, Yes. Great road schedule for the Patriots. I can pull that up.
0: Oh, it's okay, going to be man. it's going to be awesome. So I know that they're in and we'll go through the whole list, but I know they're in Vegas. I know they're in Minnesota. I know they're in Green Bay. Obviously, they're playing the Jets and the Dolphins and the Bills. Um, and I believe that they are um, I think they're playing the North, the AFC I've North got the this year right here. I think it's is it Pittsburgh. Yeah, it is. So
1: it's home games are Buffalo, Miami, New York, Baltimore, Chicago, Cincinnati, Detroit, and Indianapolis. Uh, And then away games, Buffalo, Miami, New York, Arizona Cardinals, Cleveland Browns, Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings, Las Vegas Raiders, and Pittsburgh Steelers. So, Cleveland, no one wants to go to Cleveland. I think that's obvious. Miami, you you get that every year. It's a hell of a place to go. New York's really New Jersey. No one wants to go there. No one wants to go to Buffalo. Arizona, hell of a place to go. Green Bay, the history, like, who wouldn't want to go there? Minnesota, I hear, is a hell of a time. that When Me they did too. the Super Bowl here yeah. a few years ago, everybody loved it. People said it was it.
0: awesome, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then um, the last one, Las Vegas. Like,
0: I mean, it's, it's Vegas hell of a for those sakes. Here's what I'll say. If you're planning a trip this year, which which I my plan is to go to an away game every year if if, if I can, if you're planning a trip this year, I think you, you have to go to either Green Bay or Minnesota that has to be the two choices. And the reason why for me is because they don't play there. Now they're playing in Arizona, but that's like the extra game this year. That's not, they're not playing the, the NFC West. So they will be back in Arizona at some point, like not in the near future, but you know, in the next few years, I think it's two years, right? So you don't go to green Bay or Minnesota for eight more seasons. You have to wait eight years, see the Patriots play in either green Bay or Minnesota again. So that to me, That's the spot for me that I want to go is one of those two because it's like, hey, you know, we're not. and of course, like I guess if if Vegas ends up being like a crazy weekend, it'll be like, oh, I mean, that's a good weekend to go. So um, as a teacher, I mean, I always look at that stuff like if they're playing in Green Bay on a Monday night, well, it's like I can't do that. That's not going to work. So, um, you know, you kind of work on the schedule that you have. But but again, it's like I look at it almost like Vegas, like you'll get a chance in a few years to go to Vegas again. Like, you know, Arizona, you get a chance in two years, like you said, to go to to go to Arizona again. Unless you like really want to go to Arizona, to me it's like Lambo is the spot, man. That's like that's like mecca. You know what I mean, so. Yeah. uh But yeah, but you know, but anyways, that should be that should be a lot of fun. So, all right. So what if? So what are you? Just to get into the draft a little bit, we don't want to spend too much time on it, right? What do you want? Like, what do you think the Patriots should attack? Just position wise, you know, you don't have to talk about any specific players, but position wise. What do you think they should do and what do you think they will do?
1: So those are two different questions.
0: Yes, they uh, definitely are. Yep.
1: Big. I think I think the way the draft is shaping up, you can avoid an early linebacker. Like, I think the number one issue they need to address is getting faster on defense, getting, you know, more athletic. And you think linebacker right away, middle of the defense, get athletic, you know, get a little bit maybe a little bit smaller, a little bit faster. But they've got guys in the system, like I mentioned earlier, with Raekwon McMillan, um, I'm blank Cam McGrone, right? Yeah. Both guys are Cameron McGrone is an unbelievable athlete. That's what he's known for. And he's also I, I said last year, he's a little bit tapped. Like he likes to just use his face to hit people, which is awesome. <laughs> it's great to watch. Yeah. And and Raquan McMillan, he's he's a veteran. He's coming off an ACL, but that's what he was known for coming out in Miami and those you know, pre Ryan Flores defenses. That's what he did. He was kind of their sideline to sideline guy. So.
0: And they do typically say at this point, you know, ACLs are like, Neh, they're fine. Like you're six, not
1: six, seven months. You know, fast. well, but what
0: I mean is that when you come back from an ACL that nowadays you're not slower so usually, than you were, it doesn't usually you're faster. Either. Right. <laughs> Cause, right.
1: Cause you, you build up all that strength around the ACL and you, right. Exactly. So, yep. No, you're absolutely right. So. It's not what it used to be. With both guys coming off ACLs, you're not worried if they can play or not. You're kind of just like, can they be back for OTAs? Correct. So
0: so if you're not going linebacker, where are you going?
1: I think they can afford to go offense, which okay. is crazy to think first round. Um, this is what I want, right? Like what I think they should do. I think offensive tackle is so deep this year mm-hmm. that at 21, you can find a really solid uh, – I'm not going to drop any player names because we've got a ton of content coming out. But yep. I'd say the offensive tackle class is about six deep in the first round that should go in the first round and that deserve to go in the first round. And then there are eight to ten guys in the second and third rounds that, you know, are starter level players, you know, eventually. Maybe not right away, but I'd say I'd say six, seven, or eight offensive linemen are going to be starters day one. So go ahead and get your next franchise tackle because there's a ton of them.
0: Where did the Chargers draft last year? Seventeen. Was it seventeen? Seventeen. They Rashawn that? Slater. Yep. Rashawn Slater and PFF will tell you they had he had one of the best rookie seasons by a tackle they've ever seen from anyone. And he, he was drafted at seventeen. Don't forget right? it. Yep. Yep. He was Christian drafted at 17. Went
1: Christian Darisaw Went sixteen. He went seventeen. Uh, Alex Leatherwood. No, no, no. Didn't
0: didn't Darisau go? I thought Darisaw went twenty three.
1: Oh, you're right. It was, but um. Alex Leatherwood, Leatherwood went super high, like
0: Leatherwood went sixteen or something stupid. The the, to, the, the Raiders are just the dumb. They're just dumb. Tough.
1: So so um, that's crazy.
0: And he's playing yeah, but, guard now. Anyway, but there are guys
1: way. that are just like day one step in, and they're the best offensive lineman you have. I'd say there are two or three of those guys in the draft.
0: Well, and it's interesting because if that's the case, you can you know because you have and you know not to get they too far years. into it. Sewell
1: but, seven, Slater thirteen, Leatherwood seventeen, saw twenty three.
0: Okay. So there you go. So they were 13. They were ahead. They were ahead of the, um, I thought they were behind the Patriots, but they were ahead of the Patriots. Okay. So, so, um, but yeah, so it's, but it's interesting. It's interesting for me where you look at it and say, what can they do and, and who can they get? And if there are guys like that, maybe at 21, you can get one of those guys, right? Maybe only one or two of them have gone in the top 20. You can trade back a few spots, pick up something else, and still get one of those guys, you know, and that's,
1: to to answer the second question, where where I think they will go, if DeMarvin Leal, Lial, who is a interior slash edge defender, he can really play anywhere on the defensive line. If he falls to them, they I think they might. If he falls to them, they might trade back and try to grab him. That's a yeah. move that it would he. I think he was mocked to go thirtieth to Tampa Bay. He's the best defensive line prospect in the draft. I know the edge defenders, the like one and two, Aiden Hutchinson and and Kayvon Better Hatton than better up.
0: than Jordan Davis.
1: He's the best defensive tackle in the draft. Absolutely. Oh, I got you. I got you. Jordan Jordan Davis is. What does he do? He he's two gaps 48. and he he stands in the middle. We've got takes. I've got takes coming up. But Demarvin Leal is. He's the guy that the Patriots draft, and he turns into, at the very least, like a Ty Warren type. Who right. just plays there for like eight years and is solid and always yeah. does what they need him to do. Um, he's he's super impressive. And then what I want is Chris Olave. Oh
0: man. Chris Forever listen, and always. Until Alave, he gets drafted
1: by the Eagles, I want him.
0: You want Olave. I want John Mechie. And and I know you say Mechie doesn't fit here. I I don't care. I want him here. I I what they really need and they they didn't draft Hunter Renfro. What the hell were they doing, not drafting Hunter Renfro? He we went so late. They should have drafted him. They drafted Braxton yeah. Berrios and then let him go for to keep some bums. And you Gunner know,
1: Oshevsky was the guy that they kept over Braxton
0: Berrios. Well, that was a mistake, obviously. Uh, yes, it was. <laughs> um, you know, and so and so, it's one of those things where, and it's so funny how we've how we've kind of turned on uh, turned on Gunner a little bit.
1: I, I didn't think he, he was going to make the he? team last year. I, I bet literal money that he wasn't going to make the team last year. He was an all-pro returner, and then this year he came back down to earth and was exactly what we all thought he was, which is just an average punt returner.
0: And he just can't – like the, the biggest problem I have with him is he, the athleticism isn't is as good as I thought it was. It's just right. not It's not there. So and he can't catch the ball. So like that's, that's an issue.
1: Three years so, in, and he hasn't found any sort of time on offense. That's yeah, like, not good. Edelman was catching touchdowns his rookie year, and, and he was contributing. Uh, he's done nothing, oh, man. You had the
0: Wally Pip comparisons. That was that was '09 preseason, pre-season. yeah, when he was a the rookie. So <laughs> right, right. So it, so that's the stuff for me where it's like he's not just because he's short and white doesn't mean he's Julian Edelman, right? So right, like, correct. I, I'm very concerned uh, about him. They they have a, a void of talent, unfortunately, uh, at the at the wide receiver. Listen, they need, and this is what I said before. They need two more Kendrick Bourne's. You don't need anyone. You don't need – don't go out and trade for Calvin Ridley. Uh, people are talking about trading for Allen Robinson. Don't do that. Don't trade for Allen Robinson. What the hell are you doing? Allen
1: Robinson's a free agent, baby.
0: Oh, free agent. Either way, don't sign Allen Robinson. Someone's going to pay him stupid money. Like, he's fine. He's fine. But he's just not – he's not the type of guy you need. You don't need that guy. You need – and, and uh, was it Scar that said it? Like, it Matt actually, Jones he, needs a whoopee. He does. He yeah. needs his whoopee. He needs, you know, Brady had it with Edelman, and he had it with Welker, and he had it with Gron- like. He needs a guy that can get open quick, and he can get him the ball. Like, that's what you need. Even, like, even an Dole. he didn't even have that. And, you know, Myers is fine, and, and he's, Kendrick Bourne played pretty well, but, like, you need a slot guy. And when I say two Kendrick Bournes, I don't mean, like, two guys that are Kendrick Bourne. I mean two guys at that skill level. So one guy who plays the slot, who's a good slot and can get open quick, but isn't like Cooper Cup, you know what I mean? But he's good. That's what you need is a guy like that. And so, who knows wh- where you'll find that guy? I, people talk about Slade Bolden. I wasn't super impressed when I watched Slade Bolden. He's, he's fine,
1: school,
0: I think. Is he? Is yeah, he's like he like a was. ninth year senior? Isn't he? He was. Like he he's was. Been a, at he was a Prep. true
1: senior this year, but everybody has an extra year of eligibility because of COVID. Because so. of COVID and stuff. Okay, yeah. interesting. I he the, the I didn't see him declare he wouldn't be in me and Spags' big board just because it's, it's Slade Bolden. Like he's a sixth round pick top. Right, right. But um, I, mean. I didn't see if he even declared or not. I don't think he did.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah. So, but, but that's what I'm looking for. And I, I am interested in seeing where they go. I think they need a ton of athleticism. Look, if Nicobe Dean drops to you at 21, like Jesus Christ pulled the trigger. He did
1: declare. So I, I missed that. All right. Undrafted so, free agent, Slade Bolden.
0: Hey, man. I'll take it. Uh, you know, and the Kobe Dean, if someone like that drops to you at 21 somehow, like, absolutely. We need athleticism, obviously, on the defense. I, I love the idea of drafting a tackle, too, um, and helping your offensive of line. You, you Unfortunately, you spent a ton of money last year. You still have a lot of missing pieces because your drafts in 16, 17, 18, and 19 all aren't very— Well, 16 was fine. 17, 18, and 19 were all not good to bad. And so now you're paying for it because you don't have, you're devoid of talent across the board because you drafted Nikhil Harry and Joe Wan Williams. I mean, 20, no, was it the 2016 draft? Yeah, the 2016 draft, the, no, 2006, never mind, forget it. 2006 draft, was one of the worst drafts I've ever seen. I was like, is that 2016? Anyways, but but there's so many bad players that they drafted along the way where you're just like, that guy stinks. Like they they don't have anyone in that spot because they drafted three guys who were, and they all sucked, you know? Like, yeah. so that, that's really where like, you know, drafting Derek rivers and drafting guys like that, you just don't have those guys. So now you went out and paid for them in the form of Matthew Judon and you brought guys in, but like you drafted chase. I mean, the first three picks in 2019 were Nikhil, Harry, Joe Williams and chase Winovich. All three of those guys, hashtag stink. And, and they, like, they
1: got Damian Harris. Who's a, who's a bell cow, Yes, And then it was Jarrett Stidham who, He's the third string quarterback.
0: Listen, man, love me some steady waste but... of a
1: fourth round pick. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Yadni Kajust was the pick after that. That 2019 <sighs> draft class is shaping up to be one of the most disappointing, I would say, because they yeah. it, it was so many guys that every time somebody was picked, the, the analysts were like, this is this is such a good value at this spot. And Chase Winovich is, you know, an underrated edge defender. But right. look what he's done. It's It's, right. just, it's not a system fit.
0: And that's really – and that's unfortunate. And it's funny because I always go back to like – I'm like, well, at least they're not the Eagles, right, where the Eagles drafted. I'll never forget, 2019, they drafted Ortega Whiteside over DK. And yep. then 2020, they drafted Rager. Jalen Rager is so bad. Who's over... much worse than Nikhil Harry. I want not oh, yeah. anybody say otherwise. Oh, yes, yes. They drafted Jalen Rager over oh. Justin Jefferson, which is like, what in the world are you doing? And so like that one 20- –
1: 2021
0: draft. They did. That's very true. That's very true. And they got Jalen Hurts in 2020, which like I love Hurts, just from what he did in Alabama. I love the way he's like a leader and like. But I don't know if he's an actual NFL quarterback. But that's a different story for another day. But right. um, But anyways, but there's a lot of work to be done. We are going to be doing a ton of stuff. We're going to be doing um, live mock drafts again. I want to. I want to get involved in that. I wasn't involved in enough of those live mock drafts last year. So I'm. I'm inserting my. I'm like one of those. I'm like the dad who just invites himself over. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna come over this weekend. You know what I mean? I
1: think without giving away too much, I think the plan is is to have a rotating cast Ooh. for all of the shows that we'll be doing. Love which it. I feel like is perfect for you because we'll find you a nice position group that you like.
0: And yes, you can yes, yes. So yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. And I think you know we're gonna try to we're gonna try to do more. And listen, it's in the works. I'm telling you right now, we're gonna be doing a live stream again for the fir- I'll tell you right now. We're doing live stream again for the first round of the play- for the first round of the draft. And I'm angling, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm pushing to do a live stream for rounds 2 and 3 as well on Friday night. We'll see. We'll see what people say. I don't hate but, it though. But I mean, like they- Listen, there was some interest. There was some interest. People were asking about it, and so I'm like, maybe we'll do it. My wife might divorce me, but like whatever, it'll be <laughs> <worth> it works. So, <laughs> so
1: that <clears throat> Excuse me, but that with, with the amount of people that we have that, you know, me and Spags have done a lot of the kind of the grunt work, yep. but you know what you're doing. Ryan knows what he's doing, and he's a great host for all of it, and he enjoys doing that. Mm-hmm. Brian always has takes, oh, I'll yeah. say. Oh, uh, they're not Taylor's, always good, but it takes. Taylor's Taylor's the smartest guy in the room. Mark Schofield's the smartest guy in the world. We've got a lot of people that, uh, yeah, we that can contribute, so I'm, yes, I'm super do. excited. I was telling my friends like 3 4 weeks ago. I was like I can't wait for the season to end so I can start draft stuff. I literally I, said
0: that to a girl at school. I was like I can't wait for the draft and she's like it's not the regular season still going on. I'm like I know, but this is like I live I love this stuff, man. It's so, it's great. It's great. So So anyway, so that so that's it. We have we have an action-packed off-season for you guys. A ton of stuff coming through. We're going to be doing we're also going to be doing some podcast stuff. So even though all that stuff is live streamed, I want to try to get some of that stuff onto the podcast because although I like the fact that we have the YouTube listeners and we have the Twitch and everything like, I love that. I do want to get that onto the podcast as well, because we have listeners that listen to just the podcast and they miss out on all that other stuff. So, um, so I want to try to, I want to try to do that as well. So tons of content for you coming this off season. Thank you for sticking with us this regular season, uh, year one in the books of Mac Jones. Listen, I wrote an article today about Mac. He looked good. He looked he looked good this year. I think there's a lot to look forward to this year. Don't give up on Mac Jones. Don't give up on the Patriots. Like, we found the guy, right? If you had any questions about whether he was the guy or not, he threw a dime to Kendrick Bourne and followed it up by throwing a lead block on a defensive end on a reverse to Kendrick Bourne on back-to-back plays. I don't think there's much else you need to know other than that. The guy lives for this, uh, and I'm I'm very excited to see what, what he does next year. So, um, I'm all in, I'm all in on Mac Jones. So unlike draft night last year, I am all in on Mac Jones. <laughs>
1: I'm glad to hear it.
0: So, but anyways, guys, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate you. And like I said, we'll, we'll take a few weeks off, but we'll be back somewhere around the Super Bowl, maybe the week before, maybe the week after and getting deep, deep, deep into the NFL drafts. It's going to be a heck of a, a heck of a lot of fun. So thanks for sticking around and we will, uh, we'll talk to you soon.